Welcome to Unlocking the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Jake Abel. I'm a two-time natural pro, a cellular athlete, and we're going to find the best way to get fit, to enter your competitions, and to look your best. So, here we go. Let's get into the episode. We are back again. Another podcast we are smashing it out. Um, so we've got a really interesting one that I reckon this one's going to blow up because the last podcast we did um, with Zcat was one of our one of my top played ones. It was breaking insecurities, talking about breaking the ma- masculine image, and so many people got so much value out of that one podcast. So I thought we would break it down. We're in lock- lockdown three in Victoria right now. There's so much going on. Um, there's so much anxiety, out of people out of routine. Um, everyone's feeling that little bit of lack of purpose that's coming on. So that's why I thought what I would kind of do is bring on two people that really go down the kind of deep on that mindset side. Um, it's definitely going to have a lot of value and help a lot of people out. So first I'll introduce you guys to Zcat. If you haven't heard his first podcast, go back and have a listen. It is one of the like best ones we've had so far. Um, and pro- probably like the best in talking about impact on other people and how much messages we got back from that. And it's the first, f- first person to be on this podcast twice. So say what's going on, Zcat. Hey guys. So, um, if you haven't heard of me before though, Anthony's Raycat is my name, Jake, or all my other friends call me Zcat. Um, 27 years old. So yeah. And the same as you guys has been dealing with this lockdown and, know still been finding my way finding my feet through my training through myself and through my character my person like everything i've been going through i guess through the past year so um yeah i just wanted to jump on here and just sort of shed a bit of a light with you guys and 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 hopefully you guys gain some some value from my perspective and and what we've gone through and um hopefully you can have some key takeaways from just our insight of what's been going on this past year so i'm keen to share with you guys and secondly, we have Caitlin McGuinness. So Caitlin McGuinness, I'll get her to do a little bit of an introduction on herself. She is a pro athlete under ICN and you can do the rest of it. <laughs> hey team, um, Caitlin McGuinness. I am a health and fitness coach for women. Um, yeah, pro athlete with ICN. I've done a few bodybuilding shows. Um, but also, I guess my main thing is having been through my own fitness journey and dropping a bit of weight myself. So I work mostly with lifestyle clients and just really focusing around mindset and what it actually um, involves when it comes to a weight loss journey, because it's a lot more than just health and nutrition. Um, and yeah, keen to get into it with you guys. So first off, let's go, let's take it back down to, we didn't really touch on um, throughout this whole podcast is that first lockdown. So lessons from that first lockdown, I think that's like going to be the, because we had the first one, which went for like two weeks. Second one was quite like even longer. Um, and then Victoria's just been slammed with the third one. So kicking off with you, Zcat, what was the learning lessons, I guess, that you've taken out from that first lockdown? Um, Jesus, it's hard to really sort of pinpoint you know, a few specific lessons. But I think like for me, um, sort of going or growing through that first lockdown for, for me was more sort of about finding my independence 
was probably the, the main thing, you know, being comfortable with myself, my own person, my own character and, and being super content with, with spending time with myself um, because that's for, for me, like I was alone. And I think like a lot of people can relate to this as well in, in, in the lockdown who maybe been living by themselves or in an apartment or something like that. But I had to really, I guess, fall in love with myself again and, and that whole notion of self-love and being comfortable with who you are uh, where you're going and how you're growing and that the person and it's sort of like closing that gap between the person who you are and the person who you are striving to become day by day and I guess that what encompasses that is the habits that you set yourself and, and for me um, I had to really get clear on the habits and my routine and what I was doing so making sure that I was planning my days making sure that I was you know, doing things that kept me stimulated um, mentally, physically, and emotionally, um, not to get distracted. I did like a complete clean sweep of media, all this sort of stuff. I did a call on my Instagram and you know, really got rid of a lot of distractions and just being super clear, focused and tunnel vision with where I was going, with where I was going. Um, and for me, those two things were my training and my business. I was fortunate enough to still be able to do both. Um, but for, for me, I just had to lock into those two and really get clear on where I wanted to go and who I wanted to be. And I guess the, the character I wanted to resent, represent through the time and through the lockdown. So, <clears throat> yeah, I guess like summing it all up, it was really for me um, being super comfortable with myself. You know, the whole notion of falling back in love with yourself and who you are and getting super clear on the version of yourself you wanted to become and then staying consistent with the habits I set for myself and Sometimes it was pretty mundane. I mean, you're doing the same thing over and over again. And, and for Melbourne, we were in lockdown for what, like all up collectively, I think it was like four months, four and a half months or something. So just staying consistent and not being sabotaged by your own emotions, not being like, well, this is mundane. This is boring now. This is this, this is that, when it's going to end. Just taking it day by day, staying consistent and being consistent with who you are and who you want to become. Um, but yeah, those are my key takeaways, I, I guess, you know, I could talk yeah. all day, but. So it's more about like consistency um, and then just overall grounding within yourself, I guess, purpose, which I guess for you, you're pretty much a very kind of self kind of motivated person, um, just knowing you from a background. Um, so I guess that would have been a bit different. I know, Caitlin, you had a little bit of a different story through your lockdowns. Yeah. Um, my lockdown, the first one, holy shit, I just, like, lost it completely. Um, I'm such, a, like, a regimented person when it comes to what I do day in and day out, and I think, like, I really thrive on routine. And when we got thrown into the lockdown, I just I didn't know what to do. I pretty much had to, like, majorly pivot. I ended up. Um, you know, not getting out of bed on like regular times and I became a bit of a hermit and then just started eating my feelings and got really um, just stuck, I guess, like put on a whole bunch of weight, just felt like I had no purpose, didn't know what I was doing day in, day out, um, just lost a lot of drive to do anything. And then we kind of came out of that and then the second lock lockdown came about and I was like, I'm not going to do this again. So we're only out of it for like two weeks, I think. And that just really forced me to kind of um, refocus on the things that I wanted to achieve because obviously we didn't really have an end date and we didn't know when we were going to come out of it. So I knew I had to make changes and same kind of thing. I just had to force myself into habits. So 
um, created like an accountability chart, which I then kind of implemented with my clients and focused on sort of five main tasks per day and just literally ticking those out off. And like, it sounds really simple, but ticking those boxes each day kind of made you feel like you were achieving something in an environment where there wasn't much to do, I guess. So um, yeah, getting back into like the basics of my health and fitness and learning to love training again um, outside of the gym, I suppose, and finding like different things that I could do because I think I was probably stuck in a routine and um, I didn't really know a way out of that. So it kind of gave me a bit of a rejig on my whole life. Um, and then, yeah, like obviously personal things had come about through lockdown and um, I had a few struggles with my relationship and so mentally I really had to try and um, focus on other things and my business was one of those and I just really wanted to make sure that I was there for my clients and make sure that they were all kind of okay throughout the lockdown as well so it was a tough one but I think um, yeah keeping things really simple and making sure that routine was there and basic structure was there that kind of helped me push through it I guess yeah 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 that's where I think um that lack of purpose which both come up with you on my side of things like um I cruised through the first couple lockdowns my probably only biggest thing um where I was lucky that I was predominantly online with a lot of my coaching and I had a good support people around me and I was close to the beach which helped um but yeah it's still every day I think keeping that routine is definitely one of the things and coming into this next lockdown and even post lockdown, I think it's just, it shows how much daily habits are super important into everyday life. Um, and then when something like that gets diverted or you get forced out and maybe something like you you love golf or you love gym and all of those things are taking away from you, it leaves you with that even work, like lack of purpose. And I think that is just a huge factor, which I've found through all of these different lockdowns. This is my biggest learning lesson is it almost breaks down that whole like purpose of life. Why are you here? Why do you want to, like, are you achieving something that is fulfilling and good um, versus just kind of ticking off day by day? Mm, yeah, definitely. I think I didn't really know who I was like outside of my regular routine. And so mm. when that was taken away from me, I was like, what am I supposed to do with my day? Like my days were always spent in the gym. I was a manager of a gym at the time and like I was constantly there, whether I was working or training, um, you know, I was like taking clients. Um, I was prepping for a comp, like all of those things were just completely taken away. And I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with my day now? Like, I just, yeah, I didn't even know. So it came back to like really stripping everything back and starting to journal and doing like a thought download at the start of the day and trying to focus on like three main things to get done for that day um, mm. instead of, you know, all of the different things that were in my head and just really breaking it down and keeping it simple. Um, but I think like a lot of people had a lot of anxiety coming out of lockdown last time as well. Um which yeah. made it hard because we've kind of found a new normal with lockdown and then all of a sudden that was stripped from us again and we had to find the new normal of our old normal and it's just, yeah, a bit of a head case. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's, it's kind of like we've been, I felt like lockdown really um, revealed and exposed a lot of people, um, not in a necessarily a bad way, but it really put a spotlight on a lot of people who have, 
maybe built a self-image or built a character or built an identity around the gym or their work or um, they've built it around their relationship or they've built it around some sort of external um, mechanism that is separate from who they are as a person. So, and now we've sort of been presented with this, <clears throat> um, with this scenario where that's sort of been stripped away and all of a sudden the things that we used, you know, just say a hypothetical example, just say we're not um, happy with ourselves, all of a sudden we've been presented with COVID where all of a sudden our work is taken away, our travel is taken away, our, our freedoms as, as people have been um, taken away and <clears throat> all we're left is, is basically ourselves. And, you know, it's, it really, if it really, made it quite obvious that if you weren't happy with who yourself or who you are as a person or <clears throat> the identity that you've built up into this point or everything preceding this point, then you were sort of presented with almost like this, um, like this, this revelation of, okay, well, now that I'm stripped back into the bare essentials and basics, like who am I as a person, you know, how do I want to sort of like, how do I want my relationships to be? How do I want my work to be? How do I want my character to be through this time? And yeah, like you know, myself included, like I had a lot of struggles in, in lockdown too, you know, like I might talk like, you know, it was every, it was all fine and dandy, but the, the, the truth is it wasn't, you know, I struggled, you know, <clears throat> we all did. Yeah. But I guess it's, it's like who you want to be through that struggle and coming out of what we're going through is, is what's going to separate us coming back into society. But um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people went through, a lot of revelations through this time and whether their relationship was on the rocks and maybe that was the breaking point, maybe they wanted a career change. And now this was the catalyst for that, that decision that they made. So <clears throat> a lot of serendipitous moments came out of this as well. A lot of good things, but also um, it was a good time for, for self-reflection and to really see where you are, who you are and where you want to go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that's where, like you say something like that with, once everything's stripped back and things like that, then it's putting that pressure test on like, like exactly what you said, those relationships, all of those type of things. And it's almost like I kind of foresee it as um, like the COVID and all of that has just put this, like maybe you're at home with a partner and you haven't spent a hell of a lot of time because you're all in your own routine. Um, so it's a whole different pressure that's being put on you um, which has made or break quite a lot of people, including me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that, that's one thing I think is um, it's almost using it as a silver lining though, is using that as the good. So yes, okay, you have been pressure tested, but maybe that's a test for down the future that you're going to grow from that. And it's not only on your relationships, on your work, on all of these different things that it's going like, okay, without being too like serendipity fatus is like, okay, this thing's happened for a reason. We can, we can adapt and use this pressure and create diamonds from there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, um, it was probably one of the best things that could happen. It made me, it kind of forced me into doing my own thing and um, really pushing my own business online because I think I sat in a really comfortable spot where I was a gym manager and I thought, I'll use this year to learn more and once I'm ready, then I'll start doing it. Mm. And um, when all that kind of fell through and, you know, my job turned into something that I didn't really want it to be and it was just all about sales and it wasn't about helping people anymore. It was just trying to keep the gym afloat and I thought, like, this isn't really what I want to identify as and I don't want my job to, like, 
be who I am and I would rather really focus on what I want my purpose to be and that's helping other people and so yeah like it threw me into my business real quick um and that grew grew massively just from people like not knowing where they were at and how to help themselves and so um that was really good for me it kind of again gave me a different purpose I suppose and like reset where I was at yeah for sure and I think like now on the back end of this like Hopefully we're coming out tomorrow on the, after lockdown three. Um, what advice would you be giving for someone who's like come out of that, they've stripped everything down and they're still like, oh shit, okay, I'm 28 years old, don't really use any of my studies, I'm working at Coles still and I'm exactly not where I want to be. Um. Well, look, like if, if you know where you want to be, um, I think it's really, it's, it's just super important that you get clear on <clears throat> the person you want to be. Because once you take care of the character, the person you want to be, your values, like who, what you stand for, and I guess where you want to go, I, I feel like everything else sort of falls into play. So if you're not happy, you know, with where you are, I mean, what you don't hate, eventually you just tolerate. So you need to be in a position where, you're uncomfortable enough to make that change. So if you're still, you know, if you're not sure what you want to go and you're not sure, you know, where you, like what your future holds and stand uh, holds in store for you. And like, first of all, I wouldn't say don't beat yourself up about it. Cause there's so many people in that position where they don't know where they're going. And these people might still be working in coals. They might be established in their career. They might be a CFO of a company and still not know where they want to go. So I think like, um, <clears throat> first of all, we, wouldn't don't be too hard on yourself second change your association like get around some people who not who are where you want to be in life you know they might have the relationship you want they might have the family you want they might have the job or the like i think for guys as well they might have the respect you want you might see them just being super respected within their community and within their peers so i'd say change your association get around some people who challenge you get around some people who make you think differently make you think at a higher level um get some more life experience, go out and see the world. If you want to get into something else, like go and meet some people who are in that field, go and get some experience in that field. If, you know, another thing I would say is focus on the outcome. Like what outcome do you want? Do you want the finance? Do you want the family? Do you want the freedom? Figure out the outcome and then reverse engineer how you're going to get that outcome through different modalities like work, like business, like everything else. Um, a lot of people say they want to, this, this dream job or this dream relationship, but they think they're thinking sort of outside of themselves to get something. And when they get it, they're still unfulfilled. So I would say figure out the outcome you want first and just reverse engineer that. Mm. And that can open up so many possibilities. You're not boxing yourself in. I mean, for example, I moved into e-commerce from fitness, never, ever thought that. And I, I, I moved in that field because I reverse engineered the outcome that I wanted. I got around some people who had the results I wanted and I pursued them. And now I'm in a position where I'm on track to making the same results of the people that I look up to and want to earn their respect. So it's, um, that's just a few takeaways for me anyway. Yeah. I think being comfortable enough to take risks as well, like obviously COVID shown us that 
anything can happen. No one probably ever thought we'd be living through a pandemic. So I think, um, yeah, like it's for me, it was a lot about, well, if, if not now, when? Um, and I've always relied on like the comfortable, you know, at heights, not, not the right time and all that sort of thing. So I guess like, yeah, like being comfortable enough to take the risk and you don't ever know really what the outcome is, but being um, confident enough to trust your own intuition as well. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. I think for us is like, we've not had it easier, but we've had it more structured because I guess no matter what's kind of happened, definitely in my life, it's like, no matter what stress we've had, no matter anything like that, training's always been consistent. So like, I don't know if that's just on my side because I'm so like down the health and fitness route. And if anyone kind of comes to me with a problem that's beyond like, I don't want to lose weight, but it's more mental type of things then I'm always about, okay, cool. Get your training, nutrition right. And then at least there are two things that you're going to tick off on your day. That's a little bit of success. You're getting that and that's going to overflow and like go out into many other aspects of your life. Um, you hold yourself with more confidence. You're going to, if you are looking to upskill jobs, well, then because you've got more confidence out of the gym, that's going to then show into your everyday life. The way you tr are treated and you treat other people is very, very differently. Um, and maybe that's just something that we've all had in consistency that's when this pressure has come, it's almost like, okay, cool. We know we fail every single time in the gym. So it's like using those as growth reps. So other, th other thing, like with, we've had this pandemic, we've had three lockdowns. There's a lot of anxiety about what next, are we going to be locked down next week? Should we start stockpiling our food and toilet paper and all of those type of things for not knowing the future when some people have the, everything planned out? Like they're like, cool, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have this job, retire at 60. And then this is thrown like a huge spanner into a lot of those people that are so planned out may not be able to handle that well and i know like definitely with this lockdown and i don't know if you guys are seeing it very very dissimilar but a lot of people are dealing with more like i'm seeing more and more mental health issues starting to come up i'm seeing all of these type of like more issues and people maybe not that were never at risk now starting to like starting to come out a little bit more like really struggle through the everyday life and more than ever i think is just that lack people's lack of purpose so how is this pandemic going to change the way you kind of like live and perceive your life and have your work and all of those type of things um i think like it, it's kind of what we said before you know this this pandemic is almost like a catalyst for you know, or, you know, a nice little kick up the ass to sort of get crystal clear on, on where you want to be and who you want to be. And, and that, I think that whole notion of um, what, what you just said with people lacking purpose coming out of this thing, um, I don't, I do think a lot of people have had that revelation through COVID, but I also think that a lot of people were struggling with that issue before COVID. And, and yeah. this, has, um, this has just exacerbated that notion of, I haven't had a purpose before and now I'm just thrown in the deep end and I've literally, my back's against the wall. I've got nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, these are uncertain times. I mean, we don't know if we're going to be in lockdown, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the next six, 12 months. 
And the reality is the world's changed. People see the world differently. It's a paradigm shift from how we've seen the world and a belief system that we've grown up with to a belief system that's been forced upon us through this, um, through this pandemic. Um, so I think like <clears throat> um, purpose and fulfillment is going to, I mean, this is subjective to every single person, but I think it's, it's just like sort of what I said before, it, it's, it's getting out there. It's experiencing new things. It's meeting new people. It's, it's not being afraid. Like what Caitlin said, it's not being afraid to, to be like not being risk adverse and be willing to put yourself out there and be willing to get crystal clear on who you are, who you are as a person, your integrity and know what you have to offer to the world. And so you can sort of live sort of in that abundance mentality and, and see what comes back to you in return. Um, you know, so yeah, I think people struggling with, with purpose before, um, but I think now more than ever, I mean, there's things you can do. You can pick up a book, you can read, a, you can listen to a podcast, you can, you can go to networking events. I mean, I love going to networking events and meeting new people and just expanding yourself as a person and being continually challenged physically, spiritually, emotionally, and just, I guess, just putting yourself in a position to succeed and to grow. Um, yeah, it definitely gave me, um, the pandemic gave me a, the gift of time, um, which for me was actually a really scary thing because I was so used to being so busy and I kind of pride myself on you know getting shit done and being so busy and like I was always go 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 and then all of a sudden I had all this time and it stripped me back to like I'm not my job and I need to actually work out who I am without all of those external factors and be comfortable with that as well um so that was really hard for me from a mental standpoint because I don't think I knew who I was behind all of those um external kind of additions to my life and I probably hid a lot behind my work um so yeah I was like it kind of unveiled for me a lot more about who I am actually deep down rather than just what I do and all the rest of that kind of thing yeah and I, I think like coming down where topic I really kind of want to go through especially with both of you on um with your fields that you are strength like caitlin's coaching girls and it's not only like fitness nutrition it's mindset all of those breaking down and z i know you do a lot of self-work yourself and things like that and maybe i'm seeing this from a very male point of view um but i think like especially now more than ever through all of this it's like I know girls have a lot of places where they can go out and be like, all right, talk to their friends about their issues and things like that versus the males, like most males bottle down and it's just like work it without yourself. Um, so what we're kind of going off is like the social norms of um, more asking for help and doing those things. And I know ZK, you've got a little bit of experience that you could probably give some advice on um, over your past couple months. Um. So, yeah, I think like this as guys as well as blokes, people, um, it's kind of like this misconstrued ideology of, of that guys don't, you know, they don't have feelings. They don't ask for help. They just kind of, you know, suck it up, princess, that sort of thing. And um, I've been guilty of this too, been very guilty of this, you know, I've, I've sort of go like all stoic and put on, you know, different guys wear different masks when they're going through stuff. Um, I tend to be unemotional and just completely logical. 
But um, the thing is, like, especially as guys with mental health, I mean, it's super important that you have that safe place to, to come to people and, and talk about the things that are going on. And, and with lockdown, depression is at an all-time high, suicide is at an all-time high, mental health is just through the roof. So um, <clears throat> being able to, I think for, for guys, you need to establish a safe place, you know, and that safe place can be with, you know, some, some friends that love you unconditionally, some family, like even if you have just one person who you can talk to, that, that's, 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 that's all you need. You just need to establish a safe place and have a system in place that, you know, hey, if I'm going through stuff, don't bottle it up. Um, don't sweep it under the rug. Just address it, um, confront it and move forward. And, um, <clears throat> and I've actually started seeing, so a, a couple of months ago, a friend of mine actually rec- said to me, hey, like I think, you know, um, you should go see a psychologist and because um, because he's a psychologist himself and he's told me about the, the government's mental health plan. And, and just so you know, for everyone listening, um, you actually get 20 free psycho, like psychology appointments with a health professional under the COVID mental health plan. So anyone through Medicare can apply for this for free. So just, just in case you didn't know, you can. And um, like I'm lucky enough not to suffer with any mental health, but I think having someone there who's completely objective and who can look at you from a completely objective standpoint and just have someone to talk through the things that are going on is just completely invaluable. Like that's it's such an important thing to have. And so a part of that plan, I went and started to see someone, um, not because I was struggling with depression or not because I was struggling with mental health or anything like that, just so I could be accountable and keep my, one of my mentors actually says this, just so I can sharpen my sword, you know, like I can be more alert. I can identify the things that were holding me back through the lockdown. And one of the things that held me back through lockdown was procrastination. And um, I wanted to identify why do I procrastinate? Why do I put things off? Like why do I um, get into these bad habits and we can work through them? Um and why do I get into bad emotional habits? Like, why do I hold on to things? Why do I hold on to grudges? Why do I find it hard to let things go? And I think, um, yeah, and it's actually helped so much. I'm, I'm four sessions in and I'm completely fine admitting this to everyone because I think it's something everyone should do, you know? You know yeah. I don't <clears throat> pretend to be anyone. I mean, everyone's got their own stuff. Whether you are, you know, a part of, whether you are suffering from mental health or not, it's super important to have someone there that you can talk to, have a safe place. And that's the thing. If you don't have a safe place where you don't have friends and family who can help you and support you, go see someone. Seriously, go see someone. I know so many friends of mine that see someone and they've got so much benefit and value from them. Some suffer from mental health, some don't. But as well as that, there's always pages online where you can always connect and and get support from people that are going through a similar journey than yourself. There's, There's help out there. I think you just have to humble yourself enough let go of your ego and become vulnerable, vulnerable enough to accept it. Yeah. And, and that's where I've just got to put out that like, definitely you would be the last person I'd be like, you need to go see a psych. And so many people take that whole psych thing as like, Oh no, you are insane. You are crazy. So like, that's probably like one of the important like messages I wanted you to get out on there is just like, just to understand certain little things and doing stuff like that and how much benefit it's just given you. And it's not even like you have a problem. You're just going to clear out and talk through things as well. Um, which I definitely think's like insanely good. 
I um I also took on the mental health plan through COVID as well. Um, again, like not because I suffer from depression, but I think I found that I had a little bit of anxiety around my lack of structure and routine and I didn't know how to deal with that. So for me, it was more like delving into my limiting beliefs on why I do certain things and trying to understand where that stems from and how I can kind of make little changes to, to help that. Um, and I was the same. I, I always sort of said, oh, I don't need to go to see a psychologist. Like I don't have any problems, but I think it's super important for people who don't even have problems that they mm. go and just talk about things because there's so many things that have come out from my sessions that I didn't even recognize to start with. Like the lady that I see has spoken to me about being a perfectionist and I would never, ever put that label on myself, but it's true. Like the things that I do, I, I am a perfectionist and it's like learning these little things about yourself and then being able to like adapt certain um, ways of dealing with other things differently. And it's super important, I think. Yeah. And I think if you don't have the right surrounding around you as well, um maybe that you don't have that inner circle that like I'm the, like probably my biggest beliefs is what I've learned over the like COVID and all of that and going through like relationship breakdown and all of that deal is like how important that inner circle is and then how much you need to have the right people around you there are always those guys that will be like cool go out drinks but you know that fuck if you call them they're gonna have no idea or they'll be like man up don't be a pussy um and just having the right right people like i know zk you'd be the first person i call um when anything goes wrong and just to give that kind of objective advice um through all of those issues um so going on to the next um so you do we we've gone through self-image insecurities what to run from that going a little bit kind of self-centered on what the podcast is and talking about the state of the fitness industry. So COVID's taken a huge hit to a lot of the fitness professionals, um, a lot of PTs, a lot of gym owners, a lot of these people have been out of work for long periods of time. I know I see every second person um, that was a PT is just converted to an online coaching um, method and things like that. Um, where are we? Where do you find you're sitting with where the fitness industry is going to go in the next couple of years? Zeke out. Um, it's a really tough one to say because, again, this is such an uncertain and haphazard time. It's hard to really identify <clears throat> like a, a trajectory for the industry as as a whole. But um, collectively speaking, I think. Um, the industry itself, like I've watched it change since when we were part of the industry. You know, when we first got in, I think it was, you know, it was when the Arnolds were coming out, competing was, was getting quite big. We had um, new divisions such as the men's physique really starting to take off and, and fitness modeling was becoming huge. The whole Instagram, um, like the whole Instagram scene was really, really taking off as well. And <clears throat> things were pumping, like things were really alive. And I, I, I do feel like over the past, over the past few years, it's really taken a back seat. Like um, there was a hype and I feel like that hype phase has gone. Um, still feel like competing is a huge, like it's a huge part, um, except like th this is just my personal opinion. I don't see the industry as how I used to see it. Um, 
the industry for me used to represent, you know, health, fitness, you know, like a fun time. And look, it might just be my perception. Like I might just have grown up and seeing it differently through a different lens. But <clears throat> for me, it's like over the past few years, the industry has become a little bit more um, almost like a marketing ploy. You know, it's become more salesy. It's become more, um, it hasn't really put this, you know, from the comps that I've seen, hasn't really put the athlete first. Um, there's one, like, I don't know if um, federations like the ICN, I mean, we went and saw um, the Bendigo show in December. And for me, oh, that was that was a huge, like, that really reinstated my belief in the industry because I'm like, well, here you have a federation who's hosting a comp for these athletes prepping in, in lockdown. But, you know, you know, they're not going to make any money. You, you know that the, the show is literally like, you know, like they're going to be put out of money to host this, but they're doing it for the athlete. And I think for me, that's, that's everything, you know, putting the athlete first, but as the industry as a whole, to me, I feel like it's become more salesy. It's become more pushy. Um, and it's, it's not, hopefully I, I do hope that it's kind of, you know, it, it reverts back to how it used to be um, in, in the coming years, but who really knows? I mean, who really knows? Because it's, well, it's quite a time, you know, being, you know, 2020 and 2021, like who knows what's going to happen after COVID and what this means for the industry itself. Yeah. Um, for me, it's become super aesthetic. Um, like as a coach, uh, I'm constantly battling challenges on booty programs and people undercutting the market just to get an ebook out and all of that sort of thing purely for the sale I guess like they, there's no real personalized um, help out there and it's kind of shifting people into looking for that quick fix still um, so yeah like as a coach for me I really try and push the fact that there's there's so much more to just following a training program and getting some macros set um, and you really need to kind of delve into a lot more in the mindset and for females as well, like confidence um, is a huge thing um, that we try and work on as well with my clients. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's all aesthetics. Like if you have the right angle and you can put the right Instagram photo up, like you'll, you'll go far in the industry instead of people who are actually talking about the deeper issues. Um, yeah. So it's a bit hard at the moment. I think that it's very aesthetic based and people are striving for, um, like looking like certain people instead of just getting their actual health on point. Yeah. And that's where I'll probably put in over the last ZCAT. We've been in this industry coming up to like 13 to 15 years now, um, being real close onto like the whole like fitness, fitness side. And I think now more than ever, I feel like the money is finally like, hit the industry and people are seeing everyone can make money from ebooks. People do that. People are like, why am I working a nine to five when this person's on the beach selling an ebook? So everyone's trying to jump on board and grasp at the straws of social media um, right before like everything goes down. Um, because it is one of those like dot-com bubble type of situations. I feel with social media, the first time like we've watched social media marketing absolutely blown, blown up. And I've been a part of that side of the world as well i was lucky to get on early um but brands paying big 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 dollars to um 
like to athletes and things like that. And now everyone wants to be an athlete. So the brands have then again shifted to give everyone a worse deal to make everyone an athlete. So they end up buying products and things like that. Um, But that's where I think like exactly right. Everyone even coming to me as a coach is in that, like, I want to be abs. I want to be shredded. I want to look like exactly what you look like. And like my first conversation I'm always having with them is I'm like, okay, you, how long have you been training? They're like, oh, six months or so. And I'm like, they're just like, oh, I just want to look like you. And I was like, okay, well, I've been training for 15 years now. So how's the next 14 years looking? Um, and it's like that very quick eight-week program, six-week program that we saw coming up over the last couple of years that it's finally, everyone wants that quick, quick fix. Um, and I think exactly what Caitlin says, I think the the mind gains behind everything, the working on the confidence, working on true education is the way that the fitness industry needs to go and exact same with you zcat on fixing things um that is the only way of like truly educating the right way but i just don't think that's ever going to happen with 90 percent of the coaches still on running calorie deficit still running keto still running paleo still running the, the the quick phases of um what that is because that's just the marketing ploy that's going to sell the next thing once they've sold it they're like well we need something else let's sell this there's just so much noise in the industry like a conversation that i had this morning um what a client that i was bringing on board just has no idea like i doesn't know where to start do i do keto do i just you know overtrain do i she just had no idea because there's so much noise in the industry that you get to the point where you try everything and you spend all this money on these quick fixes and diet pills and all the rest of it that people are um, promoting and it doesn't work. Mm. Um, and so people are like getting to a point where they literally have nowhere else to turn. They don't know what else to do and they're following all their favorite Instagram influencers and nothing that they're doing is working. And they, they then think it's them that they have the problem and that, the, you know all these confidence issues come up and it's just so hard to kind of get people into the right mindset that it doesn't it's not going to happen overnight but when it does <laughs> when you put in the work and you are consistent with it it's so worth it but you just have to like my preset is like don't expect anything from the first four weeks it's literally about you setting the right base for you to make sustainable changes and for you to actually be able to follow through on this kind of stuff because as a coach, I don't want you with me forever. I actually want you to learn and to educate yourself on how to do this long-term. It's not a quick fix. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a good point as well. I mean, kind of what Caitlin said, it's, it's like the social media world, I think it forces people who don't have a good self-image to look outside of themselves to get things like their, their health and their fitness and you know, to, to get their values in, in, in alignment with, you know, who they want, like how they want to look. And they look to things like the, the social media models online who are basically presenting a very polished representation of who they are, what they do, like in their bikini, in their active wear, because it sells, you know, like it, let's be like blunt, it sells, you know, you're not going to put a photo of someone who <clears throat> is eating Maccas and KFC, even if they're a huge influencer, then you might see one or two for a joke, but like, yeah, it just doesn't sell. So you've got all these people that are looking all of a sudden, they're in a very, I think what we need to identify here is that people <clears throat> who, let's just say, don't have a good self image with their body or they're wanting to lose weight, they're wanting to put on some spice. And 
there's a lot of external pressure. Like there's heat, huge amount of pressure from society now as guys to look a certain way. You know, you won't be perceived as attractive if you don't have six pack abs or nice arms or whatever it is. Or as a girl, you won't be perceived as attractive if your lips aren't, you know, yeah. you know, if you don't have fillers in your face, if you don't have, you know, a round bum, if you don't <clears throat> look a certain way, if you're not tanned all the time, like there's all this, this pressure and we're dealing with a society now that's super vulnerable. I mean, people that are looking at these models, they're already in a vulnerable position. They're already not feeling good about themselves. Yeah. And so they're looking for these people and all of a sudden it's kind of like, it's kind of like a confirmation bias, you know, people already have this mentality of like i need to go here because these these people are gonna you know give me the answers i want <clears throat> so they're looking for things outside of them to justify the belief system that they have so they'll look at this this fitness model and be like oh you know they'll tell me what they want i want you know they'll, they'll they'll tell me what i want to hear like they people want a quick fix so if they say oh you know just they promote a product and this person yes. already is in a vulnerable position and they have a confirmation bias that this person is going to fix their problem, of course they're going to buy the product. Mm -hmm. And it's a, just a vicious cycle of them just ending up in a worse place than where they began. So I think it's really important that people, <clears throat> like you identify the problem from the core, you know, um, like why do you want to look good? You know, mm -hmm. like come at it, don't look outside of yourself, external from yourself <clears throat> to fix your problem look internal from yourself, you know, why like build a self image that says, Hey, like I want to look good because I want to be, I don't know, let's just say you're, you're a father and you want to set a good example for your kids. You know, like I want to, I want to look good because I want to be a good example for my kids. Or let's just say you're a dude and you have a, you know, a really pretty girlfriend and you say, Hey, I want to be, I want to look amazing for my girlfriend. Like it's just, just make it like get emotional about it, like get it to a, a deeper level. Don't just look outside of yourself, look inside and really attack the problem from there. <clears throat> and that's just what I've seen and what's helped me anyway. And um, I hope that relates to a few people, but it's just something that I've really, it's probably a point that I really wanted to make in this podcast is, is to look inside of yourself for the reasons why you want to be, look and be a certain way. Mm. Mm. And I think now everything's like exacerbated by quite a lot when you start going down the track of, okay, say you're a, like already have that vulnerability of, hey, look, and then you go and do quite a big transformation and then you, you, you start like getting quite like conditions, start looking good, posting on socials, and then everyone starts asking you almost straight away, are you going to compete? And then you're like, oh, well, maybe I should compete. And then you end up in a, in the competing sides because everyone's saying it or you want some photos or you're doing it almost for like the wrong reasons. And now you're up against people that you're absolutely judged on your self-worth and you're judged on being pulled down a little bit because you're not right here, here, here. And then it just starts this cycle or probably even worse if you're not in competing for the right reason of, oh, what, well, this person looks better than me. Okay, you've shot, shot down your... Uh, ego shot down your self-confidence now you're back in the gym working on it trying to go up go up again do worse again and then it's like a lot of these people that i think are in it for the wrong reasons or anything like that has to take those kicks in the nuts um or the jay where uh, <laughs> when anything goes wrong like that um and i think you've kind of gone down caitlin that type of scenario i guess oh competing is hectic if you're not in the right frame of mind 
yeah, for like I'm sure it's the same for guys as well, but from a female perspective, it can be so, so damaging. Um, and it's not even really the competing itself, it's the aftermath of that. And it's um, I guess like you know, you've been in a certain position and then you're always continually striving to be better than that. And that's fine if you have the right mindset around what's actually sustainable and healthy for you as well. Um, because I think girls get into, well, I mean, guys maybe too, get into this mindset of like, I need to look like this all the time. And no one actually sees the sacrifices that go into that for someone to look the way they do on stage. And it's not a fun time. I, I know personally I would not want to live my last couple of comp, couple of weeks of comp prep for mm. life. Like that's not something that I would enjoy. And, yeah, okay, it's all well and good to be lean and, you know, look jacked, but it's just not sustainable for me and I understand that. And so coming into an off-season has been super hard to be comfortable with who I am and, and more so what I represent as a person than what I actually look like um, from an aesthetic point of view because I think as females, like, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be a certain number on the scales or um, to look a certain way and that doesn't always reflect the quality of your life Um, and I think that's super important to know as well Um, and something that, you know, I try and preach a lot to my clients is, like it's all well and good to be on a weight loss journey and to want to achieve certain goals, lose 10 kilos, say for instance. But if you're sacrificing enjoying time with your family and friends and not actually living out some memories while you're doing that, then what's the point? Like, is it really worth all of those sacrifices to lose that extra kilo per week? Um, So I think it's really hard like to find that healthy balance of actually enjoying your life and being present with people and being able to enjoy a meal and not feel guilty about it and then feel like you have to, you know, go and train to punish yourself. And we get into this like little rabbit race where we're just constantly chasing this certain number and you get there and it's not Mm. worth it. It's really not worth it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It's, it's kind of, um, and I think like when you're in a prep as well, your world literally becomes yeah. <laughs> the, the, the numbers. And for me, like I'm a very numbers spreadsheet type of guy. Like I like to see numbers. I like to see results. I like to see things that are tangible. Um, and, and then when you're competing, you get so fixated on the numbers, the results, how you look. And I think there's a, there's definitely a skill, um, that's needed and this is where like your accountability and your communication with your coach is super crucial especially after you finish because it's coming out of that that sort of indoctrination through your prep of being numbers focused scale focused body conscious focused and then returning back into a balanced normal lifestyle and sort of like closing that gap between being super obsessively focused compared to going back into a, you know, back into society and going back into a normal life. And I feel like that's where a lot of people, a lot of people struggle that post prep. Um, I don't know if you guys, I, I can, I know Jake, you've experienced this, Caitlin. I, I, I think you would have experienced this as well, but uh, I think everyone who goes through a prep would experience that sort of post prep, almost like purgatory. Like what is life now? Like I've, I've gone all this time and now I have to return back to normal. I need to develop 
all these emotional habits to return back into to not binge eating, to not looking at food obsessively, to be okay with putting on some weight and allowing your body to, to rebound and to bloat a little bit after the, after the torture you've put it under, you know, like it's, it's, and that in itself becomes a mental struggle because then if you kind of what we said before, if you're looking outside of yourself, if you built your self image on, you know, this like being, looking a certain way, being a certain way, doing a comp prep, then everyone's giving you affirmations. Everyone's giving you like accolades and, and really patting you on the back and just, you know, you, you put up the photos on Instagram, the likes, the comments, and you kind of condition yourself into and self image that's based around your prep or your health and fitness. And it feels good. Like everyone telling you, Oh, you're looking amazing, getting all the encouragement and the endorsements. But then once that goes, like, yeah. how are you going to respond? How are you going to build yourself up? Like if, you know, you've just, you know, you spend all this time, looking outside of yourself for all these, you know, for all this encouragement and now you're returning back to normal life. How are you going to respond when you don't look a certain way, when you're not in a prep anymore? And that's where I see a lot of people, if they're not happy with themselves, if they have a self-image that's based on their prep, they'll just be like, oh, screw it. I'll, I'll bounce back into another prep. Yeah. I'll do season B when they're not ready. I'm like, and I, I literally look at them. I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing, man? Like, you've just come out of it. You just spent the past four months telling me that you, you hated every second of it. You couldn't wait to be done. Like, and then you, it's like a dichotomy. Now you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So it's no longer a fitness issue. It's a self image issue. Like it's, and this is sort of what we talked about before is just getting to the root of why you're doing it. Why do you want to be, why do you want to look a certain way? Why do you want to compete? Why do you like, what's the motive? What's the look inside of yourself and, and identify why you're actually doing or what you want to be doing this for? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So it comes down, we've got gone over comps, we've gone over those type of things with social media. You've got um, federations that are judging on marketability on socials about looking a certain way about doing all these type of things so it's going away from the bodybuilding and feeding into the more side of all that kind of like how you should look how of these type of things um we've got netflix bringing out the social dilemma where it's saying that <clears throat> people are getting super addicted to social media all of those type of things. So what I'm going to put up is has social media gone too far? Like if we're saying that there's so much negative from your self-worth and all of those type of things, at what point does social media be dangerous? At what point should you delete it? Should you run with <clears throat> all of those type of things? Because I am noticing more and more people starting to delete the Facebook, delete the Instagram. Is that going to help the root cause? Um, well, the thing with social media is I don't necessarily think social media has gone too far. Um, I think as like people who use social media, like we're all adults, we all have our own life, but you need to be aware of, um, the potential consequences if you don't establish boundaries within social media. And just like anything, like if you don't have boundaries with a credit card, you'll go, you go broke, you know, you, you go broke. If you don't have boundaries with food yeah. then you put on weight. Like I think there's, I don't think this social media has gone too far because you can use it for so much good. Yeah. Um, I just think people, they just don't have the proper boundaries and the modalities to um, exercise the 
like correct way to use the platforms. And mm -hmm. the thing is that social media actually plays on your human psychology. So use it against you. You don't even realize it's happening. And for that reason, it can be dangerous. But also <clears throat> if you're mindlessly, aimlessly scrolling through your feed and you're allowing your attention to be negated any way the platform wants it to go, then I think there's also a level of accountability that us as users need to accept and own for the social media affecting us the way that it has. Yeah. Um, I personally like the fact that social media knows what I like and can direct things to my feed. So I might look at things like Gary Vee or Tony Robbins or any sort of influencer that I really like, it will direct things towards me. I'm like, this is great. But if I'm mindlessly, aimlessly scrolling through my feed and clicking on every single cat video that pops up, <laughs> then it's kind of like getting, you know, some a, a garbage truck and like putting it in your head every single time you click on the app and we wonder why we're so distracted. Yeah. You know? And then it's it's just like, you know, the likes and the comments as well. Like it's it's great. You feel good whenever you get a like and a comment, but it's also having the emotional maturity to discern between something on social media and the validation you get from a real connection or something that actually is going to um, be reciprocal emotionally to what's actually you know important to you, not just a like or a comment or a share on a profile, but you know having that emotional maturity to discern between the social media world and the real world. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think it comes down to awareness and the same thing as we um, are constantly trying to educate people on what they ingest like food wise, what you're eating and what you're fueling your body with. It's the same with your mind when it comes to social media and what you're actually taking in and, and um, acknowledging as fact, I suppose, over like reality. So just being aware of what you're actually looking at and making sure that you if it doesn't make you feel good that you stop looking at it mm. um, and get rid of things that don't make you feel good. And I guess be conscious of being present as well. Um, I know I sometimes get into the habit of just mindlessly scrolling and there are so many other things that I could be doing with my time as well. So um, for me, yeah, it's, it's super about like awareness of how I'm spending my time and what I'm actually taking in from that and what makes me feel good and what doesn't. And um, yeah, just being aware of it. Yeah, for me, it's like, I think there are a lot of cons, but the pros outweigh it all. Um, for me, I've built a lot of my social present on social media um, and I've kind of gone through the motions of all that, like very addicted early on, trying to get as much as I can exposure. And everyone wants that exposure, especially if you've got a brand or a business or anything like that. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Um, but I also think that I've connected through the most amazing people through social media and um, having that presence to be able to do good and affect people in the right way, spread the right information, do all those type of things as well, um, almost outweighs all of those negatives. But of course, being self-aware on when, when it does become negatives, but a few examples of like, social media, so I run an online coaching business, do all that. If I was constantly checking my phone and like, I think what I've done really well is almost over the last seven years that I've been um, doing online coaching and things like that is really kind of switched off that time where if, if I'm locked in, I'm locked in. So I'm locked in, all my focus is on my clients online. If I'm out doing something else, that's not going to affect that time. And I think that's something that 
Um, you de we definitely got to learn and definitely this next generation comes up where social media is a part of their life and it's only going to get worse than this. So it's not going to go anywhere. Even like I guarantee all these people watch this next documentary and be like, oh, no, I see I'm addicted. Well, they're not fixing the root cause. So, okay, cool. They delete their Instagram, delete their Facebook, and then they pull it up on their their computer anyway because they're like, oh, did you see this guy's Instagram post? You're like, mm. no. Oh, shit. And then so, they feel really disconnected. Yeah, well, exactly. So, so like, if, unless everyone leaves. It's just like, setting boundaries, I think, as well. Just, mm. Yeah, making sure it's not your be-all and end-all. Yeah, and, but yeah, just knowing yourself when you, you know when you're just sitting there and then you're like, shit, I've been on this for two hours, mm. just watching TikTok videos and doing all this kind of stuff. And I think, like, just watching the way the algorithms are built via TikTok, via um, that it's just continued streams of just quick swiping, attention spans are lowering um, and everything's kind of like trying to suck you in and get your attention because now attention's the currency. Um, that's how the ads are making money. That's how everything's coming from it. So um, definitely not letting, like it's hard because I don't think that's ever affected my self-image or I'm lucky that maybe growing up in this industry that, I kind of locked in my self-image and kind of my personal beliefs and being confident within myself before a lot of like my Instagram took off, before the fitness industry kind of blew up around uh, like around us and all of those type of things. I think that's where we're like a lot luckier versus imagine coming in the industry at 18 or 19 now, Zcat, like when we started. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I, I, it's, it's hard to imagine what – especially school kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember distinctly, like there was a point one time when I, I was with someone and um, I was with her and her family and we we're all out for a family dinner. And I was actually with her sister and um, her sister was having a conversation of like, Oh, this girl got so many likes on her photo. Like, Oh, look at this photo. Is it, is it, you know, is it like just, I remember hearing this conversation, this girl was 16. I was like, wow, that yeah. is just like, I just couldn't believe it. Just actually couldn't believe it. And um, so I think like, yeah, it is such a powerful tool, but um, it needs to be correlated with a certain level of emotional maturity to discern between what's healthy on social media and what isn't. Yeah. But what I'll put to you is, has it changed at all? Like, is that any different to when we were at school? I guess it's over like a couple hundred thousand people different, but on a smaller scale, I still think it was there. Yeah. Well, I actually didn't have social media when I was in school. I got Instagram when I was 20 years old, um, when, it was, when I first was doing my comp and stuff. Mm. So I actually don't know if it was any different. But what about like even just as on a face-to-face -face basis of the most popular kid in school and all the girls wanted that one guy and it's like almost on a more oh. instant just the social media, more of a physical path. Oh, I, th I think it's definitely the same. It's just now on a, um, on more of a digital sort of wavelength, yeah. you know, it's definitely the same. There's always that cool kid on the bus. There's always that cool kid in school. You know, there's always the, the guy that all the girls want to be around. There's always that, you know, and I think like now with social media, it's, it's, you know, it's different because back then you could actually see the person and you could see kind of, you've got like a tangible, you can actually see the, the person in front of you. Whereas now you're seeing 
like a, just a very polished facade of that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you can be the biggest pretender in the entire world on your Instagram, have girls like and comment on every single photo. You can have bit, like people just give you all this attention. But in reality, if you stick you in an actual environment where there's people, you wouldn't even get looked at. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess, Caitlin, going through your times as well, like watching the, like, I, th- I guess girls have had this longer than we have. Like, Z, you and I have gotten to the gym because we weren't, weren't those type of kids going through the school and that's built us up into what we are of going so hard into the gyms. But the girls had a whole different run, like the box gap whole thing, and then it just flipped. Like, within friggin' 12 months, went from box gap to, like, thick. Mm. yeah there's so many dimensions for females like oh it's full on and I guess like there's just always something new as well like you just you never know what the next thing's gonna be and as a female it's like you're just never good enough like you might hit one certain aspect but then there's something else that needs to be worked on or and I guess for females there's so many um cosmetic things that can happen now that can influence um younger girls like girls getting their lips done at you know 18 or 17 it's just crazy like they don't even they haven't even like really matured into their own skin yet and they're already trying to make changes and it's just so hard to be confident and comfortable with who you are without all of that when everyone else is struggling to be confident with it all like it's just yeah it's full on yeah, I think like for kind of what we said before, it's just being, I mean, like I can sort of say from personal experience, I got into the gym that I was training at, you know, I was training at 12 years old with my gymnastics and I got into the gym. I started training like with weight outside of my gymnastics training at 15 and I only ever did it to get better at like my sport. Mm-hmm. And then over time that manifests itself into a deep, burning internal passion of me just always wanting to be my best it was almost like a personal covenant it was it was an identity based um skill set that I developed over time where which was external for like which was a separate sorry from the anything external to me it was just who I was a part of my identity and that's why I think like I've just always I mean Jake you see me I don't really change year round I look the same like I always in good shape I'm always training every day regardless and that's because I don't do it for anyone else you know yeah um and so like I've never like as a guy um I've never really had that like in in kind of what, what you said Caitlin like I feel like we're lucky as guys because um just from my perspective like this is completely just my perspective um but we don't have those you know, like all those cosmetic pressures as well as girls. Like there's, there's not as much pressure for guys to look a certain way. Yeah. Um, but but for, for me as well, like I've always gone like and like having my training sort of spur off an identity basis belief system, whereas <clears throat> I've thought of other people looking outside of themselves. And if you look outside of yourself and it's kind of like, oh, I, am, I might not be good enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not pretty yeah. enough. And it's all like a shame-based belief system. I'm not enough. And you're coming from a place of lack where if you're coming from a place of abundance, then it's, it's a much more healthy perspective to adopt, especially when you're training and, and trying to, I guess, be yourself and, and be the best for other people around you. Yeah, definitely. 
I guess to finish it off, like you have that one person who is structured and everything's going down in their life. They don't know what they're wanting to do. That same person that's really unsure. What would be like three physical things from your perspectives that are going to be like, bam, they can straight away act on it and it's going to kind of give them something to push, push forward to like that they can change within tomorrow that's going to get them started. So from, from a physical perspective, you mean? Physical, mental. Uh, first thing I'd say, get moving. Um, second thing, so control, actually, no, take it back. So, <clears throat> so under those three headings, I'll go inputs. First thing, input in your body, what you're eating. Um, input in your mind, what you're reading, what you're listening to. And then input into who you're associating with, you know, yeah. your, your friends, your family, your associations. That, that would be hands down my, my three biggest things. Yeah, so almost do a like recall on yourself, really breaking down those three factors. And it's almost self-assessing yourself, I would almost say, like having a look at those people that it doesn't mean you need to cut them completely out, but, you know, maybe don't like invest as much time into those types of people. Mm. What definitely, definitely. Um, I think for me, things that change um, – I guess my perspective was doing like a thought download. So first thing in the morning, just writing down all of your thoughts and feelings and then assessing what is actually serving you and what's not and the thoughts that you want to carry through the rest of the day. Um, definitely just movement, getting out, getting fresh air, getting in sunshine when you can. Um, and I suppose, yeah, being conscious of what you are fueling your body with, um, whether that is food or what you're intaking um, through social media and all the rest of it, conversations that you're having as well. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think definitely being aware of what you're thinking and why you're thinking it and whether those thoughts are actually serving you um, and, yeah, just being conscious of that, I think. Yeah. For me, I think, like, every time I hit a flat spot or at a point where I'm like, I want to get more out. I need to be more productive. I'm getting a bit too comfortable. I always break down. Like there was a lot of like habits from that Lewis Howe school of greatness. That's probably like the, I know as the cat, you read a lot of books. I've read like two books since I left year 12. One of them, <laughs> one of them's that. Um, and it's a, it's a fun book because it's got activities and coloring pictures and stuff. <laughs> but um, from there, I, I know they've got the like perfect day activity. I really like that. So just rewriting out and like you kind of said, Zcat is looking at like reverse engineering your perfect life. So getting that, that done, getting super clear on your vision. I'm a big believer in the vision, goal setting, and then reverse engineering from that. Um, keeping consistent, consistent training, mixing it up. Um, when I am feeling flat and just doing something new, it doesn't have to be the same routine over and over again, breaking routines, usually somewhat good. Um, and then the last thing I would put would be, um, yeah, again, like that, like, I think just your, your core mottos of doing what you're doing, like, why are you here? Making sure that you are a service of value. I think that's my biggest thing. Every time I see a transformation photo, I will do something like that. And you're like, wow, I'm affecting people in that way. And I think that's why so many people are turning to online coaching or that because you say back doing what I was doing before is like going down the teaching route and teaching kids. Yeah, you are getting a lot for that year, but then you restart again. Um, so it's keeping things fresh in that way. I think um, is finding something that's going to be full worth, which I guess for me it was, and maybe you, Zcat, or you probably a bit different because you had a bit of a change, but 
how, like finding that passion isn't as easy as just, I guess it was for me, it was pretty easy. Like I was born into it, but um, yeah, I guess you guys had it a little bit differently. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, so I completely agree, mate. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So hit us up, Zcat. Where can people reach out to you? Um, look, probably my social media is probably the best place to get me. Um, either on my Instagram, Anthony Zcat. Even just add me on. Like Instagram is more of a you know, Facebook. I I tend to keep pretty personal. Yeah. Um, but from my Instagram is best place to reach me. Um, LinkedIn as well, Anthony Zcat. Um. But yeah, either one of those two would be the best place. You'd be the only person in my crew that has a LinkedIn. <laughs> I have a LinkedIn. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I used to be in corporate. So. And best place to find you, Caitlin? Yeah, probably Instagram as well. I'm not really a Facebook girl these days. Um, so just at Caitlin McGuinness is my Instagram. Happy to answer any questions or have a chat to anybody. That's the thing. I think um, Facebook is turning more personal now. Um, and starting to go into that. So Instagram is the best place. Mm. So as always, guys, if you do want any topics or people um, interviewed, things like that, always reach out, Jake underscore Able underscore official, and we can keep bringing these to you. Anyway, see you guys on the next one.